Hey, what's up, you guys? This is Bert. I'm the lead pastor at True North Community Church. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. I'm going to have a little something to say to you at the end, but for now, let's dive in. All right, good morning. As Daniel said, my name is Tony, and I'm happy to be with you this morning as we are diving into another week of our summer message series called Book Club. And if, if you haven't been with us the last couple of weeks, what we've been doing is we are taking some of our favorite books, and we're taking the lessons learned in those books, and we're seeing how we can apply it within our everyday Christian life. And you know, like Pastor Bobby a couple of weeks ago, I also am not a big reader. I just, I just never have. I could never get into reading books. My wife, on the other hand, she loves to read books. She could read like two or three books a week. Me, outside of the Bible, I don't think I've read a book in probably 30 years. I'm not kidding. You ever know somebody that reads a lot of books and then they take that book and they make a movie? And then that person goes to see the, the movie and then afterwards says, you know what? The movie was good, but the book was so much better. You've heard that before, right? You'll never hear me say that. I will never tell you a book is better than a movie. I'll take the movie all day long. In fact, even when I was in school, I don't really ever remember reading books. Like most of the time, I just read Cliff's Notes. You guys familiar with Cliff's Notes? Is that even still a thing anymore? If you're not familiar, Cliff's Notes are the thing that guys my age would use before Google to write a book report. Today, you have AI and Google. Back then, we had something called Cliff Notes. So you could see the dilemma that I had and trying to come up with a book, which I don't read, to talk about in a message today. So I was talking to a lifelong friend of mine. We went to school since second grade. He happens to be a pastor here on Long Island. And telling him my dilemma with this book thing, he said, you know what? Why don't you do a children's book? And I said, perfect, right on my reading level, a children's book. <laughs> so the book that we're going to discuss this, discuss this morning is called The Tortoise and the Hare. Guys have all heard of this book before, The Tortoise and the Hare? Right? It's like, it's like a three-page book if you count the front and back cover. <laughs> right in line with my reading level. Anyway, in researching this a little bit, this story is accredited to a Greek storyteller by the name of Aesop. And it became part of a bigger collection of stories known as Aesop's fables. And if you're not familiar with a fable, fables were just these short stories that usually featured animals with human characteristics, and they were meant to teach a moral lesson. And as I looked into Aesop, I couldn't really find, find a lot about him on a personal level, but this story's been around a long time. This story, believe it or not, dates back to 600 BC. 600 BC. And over the years, it may be different variations on the story, but the main premise remains the same. You have a tortoise or a turtle and a hare and a rabbit, and they're going to race. That's the main premise. And you know, even back in school when I was a kid, I don't even ever remember reading this book. But talking to my son, he said, yeah, this is a book that we read when we're, we're in school. But I remember this as a kid more like a cartoon. 
Anybody remember a Bugs Bunny cartoon? This is how I remember it. Bugs versus Cecil. This is how I learned this story of the tortoise and the hare. And just a fun fact, if you take anything away from today's message, the only character in Bugs Bunny universe that ever outsmarted him was Cecil Turtle. So you got that for today. Anyway, as the story goes, the tortoise and the hare, they were, we'll call them acquaintances. They kind of ran around with the same circle of friends. And the hare was arrogant, always bragging about how fast he was, teasing the tortoise about how slow the tortoise was. And one day, the tortoise just kind of got fed up. And he said, you know what? I'm going to challenge you to a race in which the hare thought that was hysterical, but he accepts the challenge and the race is on. So when the race starts, the hare, just like you would think the hare would do, takes right off, fast, like being shot out of a cannon. And the tortoise kind of just does its tortoise thing and it's just kind of moving at its slow and steady pace. Meanwhile, halfway through the race, the hare looks back and he can't see the tortoise anywhere. Nowhere to be found. So according to the story, he decides he's going to stop and he's going to take a nap. And while he does that, the tortoise goes right by and wins the race. The end. Simple enough story, right? There's a lot of teaching points in this simple story. We could talk about perseverance. We could talk about humility. We can talk about not being arrogant, not being boastful. But in reality, this whole premise, let's talk about this premise. This premise is ridiculous, right? There's no way in real life a tortoise is going to beat a hare in any kind of race. Can we agree on that? It's virtually impossible. Or is it? Check this out. Do you believe in miracles? I mean, the hare started out fast, but man, that tortoise caught right up to him. When you look at these characters, when you look at how they move through life, which one can you see in yourself? In other words, would you say you're the kind of person that moves through life fast, always in a hurry, or are you slow like the tortoise? And look, it doesn't matter to me which one you relate to, because quite honestly, I can relate to both. But I think when I look at most people today, most people today are like the hare, hurrying around through life. From the moment we get up in the morning, we're rushing around, right? Busy work schedules, maybe activities with the kids, maybe doing other stuff for work, social life. 
most people through, move through life at a crazy pace. And I think most people live their life in a hurry and don't even know it. They're in a hurry to make money. Maybe they're a workaholic. They're in a hurry to look at their phone. They're in a hurry definitely to give you their opinion, right? We have come accustomed to this fast-paced life. Everything is fast. Fast food. Get rich quick. Ten-minute workouts. Fast weight loss programs. We binge watch TV shows. We zip through commercials. And on and on. Hurry has just become a part of our everyday life. You know, a couple of weeks ago, my wife and I were coming home from a, a party in New Jersey. And it took us three and a half hours to get home. Now, when I looked at my GPS, it only said we were about 80 miles away. Only 80 miles. But Staten Island was like bumper to bumper. How anyone goes anywhere in Staten Island is beyond me. But it was bumper to bumper traffic. And I watched a guy next to me change lanes like 10 times in a massive hurry. Hopefully it wasn't a major emergency. But we've all seen this before, right? Changing lanes multiple times only to have him miles down the road right next to me. <laughs> he was right next to me and all I did was stay in my lane. Everybody seems like they're in a hurry today. Except maybe my oldest son. He doesn't seem like he's in much of a hurry to move out of the house, but that's a, another conversation. But everyone does seem like they're in a hurry. You could drive on the expressway any morning, and thankfully I don't have to do that anymore, but you can drive on the expressway any morning, and you'll see people eating in the car. You'll see men shaving in the car. You'll see women putting on their makeup while they're driving. Risking their life. Why? Because they're in a hurry. Are you in a hurry today? And I say that because I can see some people looking at their watch saying, when's this guy going to stop talking? I got places to go today. People to see. But really, are you living your life in hurry? Because if you are, my question for you this morning is, when will you slow down? When you retire? Maybe when you feel like you've made enough money? If you have kids, maybe when the kids move out of the house, which may not be too soon. I think for most people, most people would tell you it's when they take a vacation. That's when they decide that they're going to slow down, when they're on vacation. But is that all we're looking for? One or two weeks out of the year? We heard a couple of weeks ago, Pastor Bobby talking about creation. That God created everything. And when he was finished, he looked at it and he said, it was good. God created everything for us. God created everything for us to enjoy. God wants us to slow down so that we could enjoy what he's created for us. But maybe you're sitting here today and you disagree. Maybe you're the kind of person who takes lots of vacations and you really feel like you're slowing down. But people still look up their phone on vacation, right? People still look at emails. People still take phone calls. People are still working on vacation. I'm guilty of it. We can't enjoy 
any of the things that God wants us to enjoy when we move at the speeds that we move. Because here's the truth this morning. Time flies. Right? Time is flying by. If you're in your 20s, you never say that. 30s, you probably don't even say it. You get to your 40s and your 50s, man, I say it all the time. Time is flying by. At home, my wife and I have this digital photo frame at home, and it scrolls pictures of friends and family throughout the years. And I see these pictures of my kids when they were little. And it brings up all these emotions inside. Because I don't know where all the time went, but it went by so quick. It's literally like I blinked and I have three children out of college. You know, yesterday I was watching uh, NASCAR, NASCAR event. I don't know if there's any NASCAR fans here, but I watched this pace car come out. You guys have all heard of a pace car? Now the pace car's main objective is to make sure that the cars and the drivers are driving at a safe speed and that they're staying in their lane. And I thought about this yesterday. Where is the pace car in your life? How do you know if your speed is too fast? You ever notice that when you're in a hurry to go somewhere, when you're in a massive rush, that's when you find the slow drivers on the road? That's when you find traffic? That's when you hit every red light. God is trying to slow you down. You know, this story of the tortoise and the hare was so simple, but I struggled with this idea of this kid's book. And up until about two weeks ago, I still wasn't even sure what I was going to talk about. I discussed it with my wife and I said, you know what, maybe I got to switch and go into something else. But I was driving somewhere two weeks ago from yesterday by myself, and it's a two-lane road, and um, it's a 25-mile-an-hour speed limit, and I'm, I'm speeding. I'm definitely speeding. There's nobody around, but 25 miles an hour just seems very slow. It's just very slow. So I know I'm speeding, and I apologize for that. But out in front of me as I'm driving, I see something crossing the road. Now, we've all had this happen, right? You're driving, and all of a sudden, a squirrel runs out in the road at the wrong time. Or you're driving down the road, and all of a sudden, there's a bird in the road. It happens, right? But I wouldn't believe it if I wasn't there. But scurrying across the road was a turtle. <laughs> a turtle, I kid you not. On Long Island, in Medford. I wasn't even out east. This is Medford. And a turtle comes running across the road. I immediately slowed down and I said, okay, God, I get it. I get it. You want me to slow down? And someone needs to hear about this message. Because the truth is that all this busyness in our lives, all this hurry that we have every single day, all it does is bring challenges to our life. Hurry can make us worry. We can make mistakes. We can get hurt. If you're hurrying in life and you have something that needs to get done and there's some sort of deadline in front of it, the closer you get to that deadline, what happens? You worry. 
And as you get closer and closer, maybe even that worry turns into panic. I know what that's like. You know, my first year away at college, I was so busy building a social life that the day before a test, I would panic. I would stay up all night worrying about this test. And let's just say the results were not good. And I realize now that that emotion, that panic, that worry that I was feeling, that was God telling me, slow down. And it wasn't until my final year of college that when I had a balance in my life between a social life and a school life, that all that worry went away and the results were so much better. When we hurry, we can make mistakes. You know, if you're hurrying and financially because maybe you're coming close to retirement and you realize, you know what? I don't think I planned well. And now you got to hurry into some sort of, sort of investment or some sort of business idea. When you do those kind of things, when you rush into any kind of investment, the results are never good. Or maybe you're hurrying in a relationship. Maybe you're getting into a relationship because people are telling you, when are you going to have a boyfriend? When are you going to have a girlfriend? When are you going to get married? When you hurry into a relationship, you can get heartbroken. Or maybe you get hurt physically. How many times have you heard someone say, well, I don't go to the doctor on a regular basis because I'm just busy. Who's got time to go to a doctor? But the biggest challenge with all this busyness in our lives is it can separate us from God. See, we were created to connect with God. And the thing that can separate us sometime from that connection is sin. But busyness can do that as well. This can do that as well. You know, the late Christian author, Corey Ten Boom, she once wrote that if the devil can't make you sin, he'll make you busy. If the devil can't make you sin, he'll make you busy. Because both sin and busyness, it has the same effect. It distracts us from God. It separates us from God. And if you're sitting here today and you're the type of person who maybe you can't sleep at night because your mind is always racing. And you say all the time, you know what? There's not enough time in the day. There's just not enough time in the day. Where does God fit in? If you're saying there's not enough time in the day, then where does God fit in your life? Because our running around all day is doing nothing but creating this disconnect. Have you ever tried to have somebody squeeze you into their schedule? Right? I can't fit you in, but I can squeeze you in at 8.15. I don't know about you, but that's makes me feel like I'm a major inconvenience to somebody. Or how about having a conversation with someone that's busy? You're talking to them and you can see that they're completely somewhere else. God is not looking for us to squeeze them in. God is not looking for us to tell him our troubles in seconds. He wants us to slow down. He wants us to stay connected with him. You know, as believers... As Christians, our role model is Jesus. And if we look to Jesus, 
You can't find anything in the Bible that says Jesus was in a hurry. And with all due respect to whatever people's careers are here today, nobody's job was more important than Jesus. Nobody had a more important career than Jesus. And yet we read that he took time out for people. We read that no matter how busy he was, he gave people his undivided attention. You know, there's a story in the Bible that Jesus got a message from the sisters of a real good friend of his. And he receives this message from the sisters and it says that they want him to come right away. That their brother is not doing well. You may be familiar with this story. It's the story of Lazarus. Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. But what's often overlooked in this story is Jesus' reaction. When Jesus gets this message from the sisters, here's how he reacts. We'll pick it up in John. So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. Finally, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. So Jesus gets this message that the friend that he loves is not doing well. He doesn't rush. He waits two more days. There's no hurry. There's no worry. And look, Jesus knows the outcome. But he also trusts in God's timing. All of the things that happen to us when we rush through life, they don't happen when we trust in God's timing. You know, somebody said to me, after the first service, they were asking me about traveling. This morning's not about quitting your job tomorrow and traveling across the country. I mean, it could be if that's what you think you need to do. But this morning is about finding a balance in your life where God is at the center of it. And you slow down enough to stay connected and feel the blessings that God has put in your life. You know, one of my wife's favorite verses in Scripture is in Psalms. She has it written on her arm. And in Psalm 46, if you're not familiar with Psalms, the Psalms are a book of prayer, a book of songs that are praising God. And in Psalm 46, we read this song that the author is singing about all this craziness going on in life. And when you read it in its entirety, you can just kind of feel all this anxiousness and worry and turmoil as he's going through this song. And then we get to verse 46, 10, and this is what we read. We read, be still and know that I am God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. Be still. The author's just rambling on about worlds colliding and mountains falling. And God steps in and says, be still. Slow down. So you can focus on me. When we're going through all of the chaos in our life, because we're moving 
at 100 miles an hour, we're reminded this morning that God wants us to slow down and only when we move at a reasonable pace do we get to see that. My hope this morning is that you would slow down your life. You would get rid of hurry. You would spend each and every day connecting with God. However you want to do that. Whether it's prayer, whether it's by reading scripture, maybe going out and looking at the clouds or going in nature or taking a sunrise or a sunset, whatever it is, just be present in the moment and connect. There are some positives about living our life slower. You know, the oldest living land creature in the world happens to be a tortoise at 190 years old named Jonathan. His birthday is coming up in December. 190 years old. You can look it up. It's in the Guinness Book of World Records. And part of this story of the tortoise and the hare, you know, we'll never really know why the hare really stopped to take a nap. The author doesn't really go into why, right? Maybe it was his arrogance. Maybe he was so far in front that when he looked behind, he said, you know what? There's no way I'm losing this race. It's possible. Or maybe he just ran out of gas. He started out so quick, maybe he got to a point where he just got tired and he just needed to take a nap. Or maybe, just maybe, and this is what I believe. I believe he finally realized he needed to live his life more like the tortoise and slow down and enjoy everything that God has created for his life. But I guess we'll never know. But if you're here today and you realize that you're moving at a pace that's not sustainable, it's never too late to slow down. What we learn in this simple kids book is that it's not how you start that matters. It's how you finish. Make it a point today to be still and know that he is God. Let's pray. Father, this morning, we pray for peace. We pray for peace in our very busy lives so that we can focus on you and we can focus on the things that you have created for our life. Lord, let us remember that when this world wants to speed us up, that we slow down. Let us learn to live slow and steady and get rid of any hurry in our life. Father, I pray this morning that we would learn to have patience. We would learn to have strength. We would learn to be still and wait on you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, thanks once again for taking the time to listen. It's an honor to have you with us. If you'd like to support our church financially and help us continue to put this content out there for free, that would be a really big deal to us. We're completely supported by the contributions of the people that come to our church. And if you'd like to help, you can do that online at truenorthchurch.net slash give, or you can do it with a text message. Just text the word TRUENORTH 
to 77977 on your cell phone, and you'll get a prompt leading you through how to do that. Thanks again for dialing in. See you soon. Bye-bye.